what's going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod as always i'm your host ab this is episode 27 of clutch pod before we get into this i just want to say ramadan mubarak to all the muslim listeners of the pod big up everyone for your support and them things there but yeah so obviously last weekend was the penultimate weekend in the premier league so we had a lot of fixtures there's still a lot well as of now there's only one thing to play for really and that's the title but yeah at that time there was a lot to play for in terms of relegation battle qualification for the champions league and also the title which is still up for grabs technically anyway we found out who's getting relegated so cardiff city are going straight back down to the championship at the beginning of the season i did predict them to get relegated anyway because of the lack of quality they had compared to other premier league sides and also the lack of investment as well because obviously they ain't really got peas like that in it so it's a bit of a sticky one still but i can't lie they put up a good fight i mean to only get relegated at the penultimate weekend so at game 37 is much better than i don't know fulham and huddersfield anyway who got relegated <laughs> time ago we're starting to find out who's going to end up finishing top four. I can't lie. Spurs did bottle it though on Saturday when they did play against Bournemouth at that game anyway because we're going to get on to what they've done in midweek in, in the Champions League in a second. But I'm talking about the Premier League right now, innit? They bottled it that game. I don't know what it was yet, but they, they were just on votes like the whole game. Like Son, his red card yet was so senseless. Like, you know that one's there when they say, he's lost his head. <laughs> That's exactly what happened you lost his head it's two minutes before half time yeah and at court it's nil nil at the time and Bournemouth they frustrated you a bit in fact they were even they even created a few chances as well so the way I see it there was no need for him to react like that and he just put his sides Champions League hopes at jeopardy at the time anyway because obviously they're in the final now they could win it and still qualify so yeah um that was a senseless, senseless red card. And then a couple of minutes after the break, they they brought on the substitute at halftime and my man ended up getting sent off three minutes later. So yeah, um, that, it was just two senseless red cards. They did create a lot of chances while they were down to nine men. I just thought Bournemouth would just run riot, innit? But there was a poor performance from Bournemouth. I don't know whether it's because they took the fact that they were they had two extra men for granted. But they failed to, you know, really, like, capitalise until the last minute anyway when Nathan Ake scored a header from a Ryan Fraser corner. Big up Ryan Fraser, though. He's got, what, like, 14 assists this season in the league. He's battling for the most assists in the Premier League. It's between him and Eden Hazard. I never would have guessed Ryan Fraser would have 14 Premier League assists if he had asked me at the beginning of this season. But fair play to him. Spurs then fourth place at the moment in the Prem on 70 points. Three points ahead of Arsenal with a plus eight goal difference it's gonna take it's gonna take a miracle for them to drop out of the top four at this rate they're gonna have to lose that what eight nil something stupid like that and uh, there's no way i see that happening elsewhere chelsea they've locked up champions league football for next season they comprehensively beat watford three nil they just gave them a beat down i'm disappointed with watford because i thought they could you know make it a tighter contest but they just blew, blew them away rumor off this cheek and david louis scoring two goals in three minutes uh, near the beginning of the second half and then Gonzalo Higuain banged in another goal for Chelsea 
to make it 3 0 and complete the whitewash. So, yeah, Chelsea sitting on 71 points. They're definitely going to be playing Champions League football. They've also progressed to the Europa League final. But, boy, did they not go the hard way. I mean, all the way through extra time and penalties. Eintracht Frankfurt, big up them, man. Luka Jovic, that's looking like a real bad man right there, fam. He steps up in big games, bangs in them goals. So, yeah, big up him. He's doing his thing, fam. Maybe he could get a move into the Premier League or to a more competitive team. We'll just have to wait and see what happens in this summer transfer window. So yeah, big up Antwerp Frankfurt for the effort, but Chelsea do go through on penalties. Eden Hazard scoring the decisive penalty to send them into the Europa League final where they'll play Arsenal. So yeah, we're going to come on to that soon, but continuing on what went down in the penultimate weekend in the Premier League. So Manchester United, <laughs> ah, this team is a shambles. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Manchester United, they had a chance to close the gap between them and Spurs and also Chelsea as well, if they had beaten already relegated, already relegated Huddersfield, who had a grand total of 14 points before this game. So yeah, they just went and drew to them. McTominay gave us the lead. Big up him. He's been probably one of the few bright sparks in this season. There's there's hardly been any. I mean, Luke Shaw won Players Play of the Year for United, for God's sake, fam. Like, if that doesn't go to show, yeah, how bad our season has been, then I don't know what will. Like, usually, yeah, when you ha when we we've had like bad seasons of late anyway, they'll just fling the award to the hair, innit, car? In more time he deserved it. But you know our season has been atrocious, yeah. We're not even the hair can touch <laughs> players play of the year, fam. So, yeah, it's, it's a, a Mazzolini right now. But, yeah, Huddersfield equalised on the, on the hour mark. And, yeah, they got a, they got a, they got a little draw for them. So, that's probably a good going away present for them as they go back down to the championship. But, like I said, them man, they got 15 points right now, fam. Like, they're on course to have the worst Premier League um record since, like, Derby County back in 08, fam. Like, it's a joke, bruv. Them man have three wins all season. And that's the team we went and drew to. Like, I'm disappointed as well because Solskjaer in these press conferences, he's like, oh, yeah, most of these men, they're done out here. Like, um, I'm only picking man based on performances, this, this and that. Why is Ashley Young starting at right back and giving the captain's armband? Like, how are you going to say one thing and then go and do the complete opposite? Like, I thought that game, yeah, was for the Young Gs to go out there and show what they can do on the big stage, fam. The Angel Gomez, the uh, um, James Garner, the Tahi Chong, all them, man, like, bring them into the fold, yeah? Because this is what Manchester United is about, fam. We're about promoting youth, fam. You of all people should know that, fam. You're in the team of 1999 that won the treble and them things there. So, for him to go with the same old guard, yeah, I was just like, what's the point, bruv? But anyway, they've gone and bottled it now. And I saw all of them in training on Instagram. All the young Gs and them man there. So, they're going to get a look in for Cardiff, which is the last game of the season. Cardiff at home. So, to be honest, at this moment in time, I couldn't care less about the result. I just hope that the young Gs can come in, have a positive game and, you know, try and work their way into the team. Because like I've said, with United now, it's a rebuild. I can't lie, for the next two to three years, we shouldn't be competing for anything, fam. As mad as it sounds, a team of Manchester United stature, we actually need to rebuild. Because obviously, we've tried to, you know, try and win now with Mourinho. Obviously, he brought relative success. We won the Carabao Cup. We won the Europa League. But yeah, those are titles in the meantime, minute to like, you know, like, satisfy the craving for bigger things. Obviously, Van Gaal came in, tried to do his thing, won a 2-2 FA Cup and them things there, won another Carabao Cup. But I can't lie, yeah. Like, it's not going to work, like, trying to win now, fam. Like, we've tried the thing where 
we brought in big money signings. We brought in the the big names, Schweinsteiger, Di Maria, Ibrahimovic. Like, none of them hit the ground running apart from Zlatan in the Danis thing, fam. It's mad, though, because I feel like Ibrahimovic was one of our best signings that we've had post-Ferguson, and we got him for free. <laughs> so it's just mad that that happened. So, yeah, um, we've been linked recently with this brother from Swansea, Swansea winger, Daniel James. Um, I'm not going to gem it and say, ah, oh, yeah, 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 he looks sick. I watched his compilation on YouTube. Like, I don't know nothing about him. The one time I did watch him was when Swansea City narrowly lost to Man City in the FA Cup earlier this season. I think it was 3-2. And what I saw from him, lightning pace. So that's already, yeah, an improvement to what we have at right wing. That's how crazy it is, fam. The fact that he has pace. Because obviously our right wingers right now is looking like one matter and flipping Jesse Lingard, fam. So the fact that we we can potentially bring this brother in is already an improvement to what we have. I'm not saying he's better than them, man, but he brings something different to the fold, innit? So yeah, big up him. Hopefully we can get him. It's a nice signing, 15 mil. So it's not too much. It's just it's just right, innit? A championship player. I've seen a lot of people criticise on Twitter saying, oh, look at the guys that were going for, Swansea guys, this, this, that. Like, he's just a speed merchant. Like, man, they're already criticising him. But I can't lie. I like the signing. I like it a lot. It's something new. And we're going in a new direction. Because, as I said, we have to rebuild. So, Daniel James, hopefully we can welcome, welcome him into the side. He's 21 years old. So, he's young. He's got a lot of age on his side as well. So, yeah. Big up him, fam. He also made his international debut for Wells. Although, anyone can break into the Wells side nowadays. So, yeah. Big up him. Um, we'll have to wait and see what he does. Hopefully, they don't loan him out. He does get some game time in the Premier League. Because sometimes as well, when certain big clubs buy these young Gs, yeah, they, they just get sent on loan to like Barnsley, Nottingham Forest, then size there, yeah. And then like, they just fail to develop from. So I just want him to be in the side straight away so we can see what he's made of. So yeah, that's my Man United rant done. <laughs> I'll probably run about them later. Seeing that there's a lot to <laughs> mourn about these days. Arsenal, they also had a great chance to put an end to three successive Premier League defeats. They failed to do that when they drew against Brighton at the Emirates. So that's four Premier League games they've gone now without a win. They lost to Wolves, Crystal Palace, Leicester, and now they've drawn at home to Brighton. Um, they did take the lead though. Aubameyang banging a penalty. That was his 20th Premier League goal of the season. So big up him for reaching that milestone. Um, Glenn Murray also scored from the spot as well. So that was the game of two penalties. That left Arsenal in fifth place. 67 points. But they are in the Europa League final. So big up them. They swept Valencia side at the Mestalla on Thursday night. Obviously, it was a bit edgy at times because Valencia did take the lead. Obviously, man like Kevin Gamero getting on the score sheet. But... Aubameyang, he scored a hat-trick, he stepped up, big up him, he's scored a lot of goals in this Europa League season so far, so yeah, they're through to the final where they'll play Chelsea, and it's so mad, yeah, because it's a flipping Azerbaijan, fam, <laughs> it's just such a Europa League thing, fam, the winners of that get a chance to play in the Champions League, so you know both teams will be going at it, what a time for English football though right now, <laughs> obviously you've got Tottenham and Liverpool in the Champions League final, you've also got Arsenal and Chelsea in the Europa League final. So, yeah, English football is back on the map. And then you've got Manchester United, who are in sixth place. <laughs> <laughs> it's so peak right now, fam. How could the top five, yeah, in the Premier League all be challenging for something? And you just have United in sixth, fam. Drawing away at Huddersfield, fam. This is this is probably the worst season for United, fam. For United, fam, in general. Like, based on individual success, yeah. And also what other teams are doing. So, 
It's peak. It just, I just hope, yeah, that the players ha- are mentally resilient enough to step up to the challenge next season because I can't lie, all this talking, all this post-match conferences saying, yeah, we've got to do better, this, this, that, you know, we're letting the club down. Damn right, you're letting the club down, fam, but step up on the pitch, fam. Actions speak louder than words, fam. Don't come to Twitter and start tweeting, yeah, we'll do better and then go next game and, and drop a 4 out of 10 performance, bruv. It's unacceptable, man. But like I said, we should be in rebuild mode now, so we should be trying to develop young players. I don't even know what Pogba's going to do at the end of the season or David De Gea. Apparently, we offered one matter a two-year contract. He's 32 years old. He lacks so much pace. And they failed to play him at the number 10 position. So, I don't really know what he's going to do. Apart from provide moral support in the dressing room. <laughs> and Herrera, he's, it's looking like he's going to go PSG. It's a time for change right now, United fam. That's that's all I can say right now. Um, elsewhere, though, Liverpool closed the gap briefly on Saturday when they narrowly beat Newcastle 3-2. I can't lie, it was a bit of a cagey game still because Newcastle pegged them back twice, man, like... Solomon Rondon and Christian Atsu banging in goals. But then Divock Origi, I can't lie. Origi, yeah, I never used to rate him before. I think, where was he on loan? Yeah, he was at Wolfsburg on loan, like, last season. He banged in six goals in 31 appearances, fam. Um, so, yeah, I was like, this guy's done at him, man. He's just another, he's just going to be like another Lazar Markovic or something, like another Liverpool flop. But this season, he has come clutch, fam. Obviously, he scored a winner against Newcastle. He scored a winner in the Merseyside derby against Everton earlier this season. It was a, it was a bookie goal, though. And obviously, he banged in the goal in midweek that sent them through to the Champions League final, fam. Well, one of the goals, anyway. Big up. Jorginho Wijnaldum as well. That's a bad man right there, fam. So, yeah, Divock Origi, he's really turned around his Liverpool career. Apparently, they're going to offer him a new contract as well. So, <laughs> it's looking bright for the kid, fam. Big up him. So, yeah, they beat Newcastle 3-2 to go back on top. It was only momentarily anyway, because Monday Night Football, Man City beat Leicester 1-0. I can't lie, City, they're just going to go on and win the league, because when you got man like company, you're rifling it into the top bins from, like, 25 yards, yeah? How, how are you going to lose the league? How? Like, how are you actually going to bottle it, fam? There's no way they're going to bottle it, fam. Big up company as well. I know all the man them, Aguero and them, are thinking, what is this Don doing, fam? Man trying to line it up from 25 yards. It was a mad strike, though. You know, it's destiny that City will win the league, yeah? Because I guarantee you, if company was to take that shot 100 times, that would be the one time he'll bins it, fam. So, yeah, it's crazy. So, City going into the final game of the season. They're top. A point clear of Liverpool. I can't lie, though, yeah. I would love for there to be another, like, dramatic season finale, like the one in the 20... What, what season was it, fam? Like the one in the 2012 season with the Aguero goal. I doubt it will happen, but with what's happened in football this week, yeah, I wouldn't put anything past anything, fam. Because especially with what Spurs done in on Wednesday and what Liverpool done on Tuesday, like, anything is possible, fam. But, yeah, so, like I said before, English football is on the up. Both Liverpool and Spurs through to the Champions League final. It's crazy, fam. It's actually crazy, bruv. And then you got Chelsea and Arsenal in the Europa League final. Like, who would have ever expected it? So, yeah, big up both teams. Well, big up all four teams. I can't lie. I felt, I felt for Ajax, though, man, because the way they were going through this Champions League, the way they were just beating down all these European giants, yeah, I thought, like, it was destined for them to at least touch the final, but it wasn't to be Lucas Moura. That is a bad man, fam. Man's got a hatty, fam. A second half hatty to send his team through to the Champions League final. That's probably one of the m- most 
greatest individual performances, yeah, <laughs> in Champions League, fam. When you think about it, fam. His team was 2-0 down, fam, at half-time. And he stepped up and scored a hat-trick. Crazy, fam. So, big up him. Obviously, big up Liverpool as well. They just beat down Barcelona 4-0. And I, I couldn't believe it. I never would have thought that would have happened, fam. Not at all. Obviously, certain man just went missing on the opposition team. Certain man's goat and them things there. Ronaldo, say what you want about Ajax knocking them out, yeah. But he would have never allowed that to happen. I can assure you, fam. He would have at least bagged a goal, fam. There's no way man will sit down and let a team bang four past him without a response, fam. So, yeah, that's opened up the goat debate again. It's going to go on for the <laughs> until these men retire, fam. Even after they retired anyway. So, it's just one of them things there. But, yeah, let's look forward to the final day of this Premier League season. It's been a mad season. The season's flown by, fam. We've had ups, we've had downs for United. We've just had downs. <laughs> well, we had a brief up when Sosa came back, but it's been predominantly downs. Obviously, the only thing really to play for is the title. Man City, they are away against Brighton and Hove Albion. Obviously, Chris Hutton's army just secured their Premier League status for the following season. I did say on the last pod, I really want them man to stay in the Premier League based on the fact that Chris Hutton is a black brother and we've got to support all the black managers in English football because there's so very few of us from. So yeah, Brighton, they're staying in the Premier League. Hopefully, they can get some investment so they can, you know, become a force in the Premier League or a Premier League regular like a Crystal Palace or something like that. Um... But yeah, they have a big job on their hands if they want to give Liverpool the title. They've got to beat Man City at home. Um, I don't see that happening though. I think City, they'll just go on and do their thing. Obviously, Liverpool, they'll have um, motivation, man. After what they've done against Barcelona, they're going to play with the belief that if they beat Wolves, they'll win the title. Wolves play Liverpool away. That's going to be tough. Obviously, everyone knows what Wolves have done this season. They've been a surprise package. I did vote for Nuno Espirito Santo to be my manager of the of the season. Um, it was a tough decision for me. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp and also Pep Guardiola were up there as nominees as well. As well as, I think, Mauricio Pochettino. But yeah, I, I can't lie. I just had to go for him, man. Because what Wolves have managed to achieve, yeah, just coming into the Premier League alone... The amount of points they have already, they've got, what, 57 points, sitting comfortably in 7th place. They will be seeing Europa League football as well. So that's just a crazy, crazy thing for them. That's just a crazy achievement for them, especially with the football that they play. It's not like them teams that come up from the championship just play 4-4-2 with a target man and a man that plays off him and just defend against the big teams. But they've actually given it a goal. Like They play expansive football as well, so big up them. Whether or not they can grab a result at Anfield, I just, I don't see it happening, man. You see Anfield, yeah? You see that place. When it gets rocking, bro, it's like Liverpool got an extra man on the pitch, fam. That's a real, that's a real home ground, fam. Like, the supporters get behind them, fam. So, I expect Liverpool to do the job, but I also expect Man City to do the job. But, hey, I will not be surprised if there's a mad upset, fam, or another Aguero moment, but this time it's flipping Mo Salah doing the Aguero thing, fam. As for the rest of the Premier League games on the final day, obviously, since it's the last day of the season, all the kickoffs are at 3 o'clock, so at the same time, and it's on Sunday. Um, Burnley hosts Arsenal at Turf Moor. Crystal Palace hosts Bournemouth. Fulham against Newcastle United. I will be at that game. That will be Fulham's last game in the Premier League this season before they drop back down to the Championship. Some breaking news coming in as well. They just offered Scott Parker the managerial job. So he has got that. I feel like they're going through rebuild mode as well because a lot of their stars are going to leave. I mean, they bought guys like Seri for 24 million. 
Andre Frank Zambo and Giza. He costs like what? 30 mil, I think. Alexander Mitrovic, I expect him to leave as well. Ryan Sessegnon, he's been linked with a move to Spurs. Um, so yeah, they're they're gonna have to rebuild as well because there's no way they're keeping all these players on them wages as well in the championship. So Scott Parker, obviously he knows the club as well, so maybe he'll be the guy to try and you know steer the ship back into the Premier League. Leicester City hosts Chelsea. Liverpool against Wolves, as I already mentioned. Manchester United at home against Cardiff, as I already mentioned. Southampton against Huddersfield. Tottenham host Everton. And Watford host West Ham at Vicarage Road. It's the final game of this. It's the final day of the Premier League season. It's been a long season, man. It's gonna been a long season. Obviously, we started this podcast to cover the Premier League results on a on a weekly basis, and we're going strength to strength. Big up everyone supporting and promoting this podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at clutch underscore pod and on our streaming services Spotify, SoundCloud and on iTunes podcast. We're moving on to the NBA segment now before our final podcast of the season which will be next week in the Premier League segment anyway since the NBA playoffs are still underway where we go through the final day's results and discuss the Premier League champions. Before we do move on to the NBA segment though, I just want to go through the stat leaders in the Premier League. So Mo Salah is on course for back-to-back Premier League golden boots. He's got 22 goals this season. Aguero and Aubameyang and Sadio Mane all have 20 goals. So it's looking like Mo Salah will pick up the golden boot for the second year running. And he's had a good solid season this season, man. Obviously, um, last season was an anomaly, but in terms of the goals he scored in that as well. But he's he's responded to what happened last season positively as well. Like, he's banged in goals, fam. For him to win Golden Boot again, you can't say he fell off, fam. Like, after what he produced last season, it's goal. you can't get any better than that, fam. So, yeah, he's got 22 goals and he'll probably pick up the Golden Boot. As for assists, Eddie Hazard, this could probably be his final season as a Chelsea player. His final game could be him picking up the Europa League trophy for his tight for his side as he's been linked heavily to a move to La Liga. So yeah, he's got 15 assists. Ryan Fraser's got 14. Christian Eriksen has got 12. So that's the battle for the most assists in the Premier League. Can I just say though, yeah, Liverpool's fullbacks, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson, yeah, they both have 11 Premier League assists each, fam. They've combined for 22 assists and they are fullbacks, fam. That just goes to show what kind of season they're having. And then I look at my fullbacks, yeah, <laughs> Ashley Young and Luke Shaw, and they have a crossing completion rate of 27%, fam. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for the Premier League segment. Moving on to the NBA segment now. As I said earlier, next week, the final weekend of the Premier League season will be the final podcast of this season. Big up everyone supported. We're moving on to the NBA segment now. Moving on to the NBA segment now. Um, let's just round up the current scores in the conference semifinals. So starting off, the Golden State Warriors are up 3-2 against the Houston Rockets. Game 6 is tonight in Houston. So the Rockets will be looking to force the Game 6. In Game 5 of the Rockets Golden State Series, the Warriors did win 104-99. Steph Curry was poor in the beginning. But obviously, when KD went down, that's when he stepped up. Obviously, if you don't know, KD went down early in the third quarter of the game. 
with a suspected Achilles injury, but it turns out it was just a calf strain. But he will miss the rest of this series and possibly the NBA Finals if Golden State do make it that far. Although Steve Kerr did say they expect him back, but I don't think he's coming back. One guy who is coming back possibly is Boogie Cousins if they do progress that far. So yeah, big up Steph Curry because previously this series he's just been trashed. He's been absolutely rubbish. He's been breaking threes. He's been he's lacked aggression. Everything. So, but yeah, when KD did go off, he did step up. In the end, he dropped 25 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Clay Thompson dropped 27. He found his shooting stroke again because in game 4, that brother was non-existent. He shot 11 for 20 from the field, 50% from 3, 5 for 10. So yeah, he stepped up when they needed him. Draymond Green, he's been he's been a beast at centre for the Warriors in this series. He's put up, what, like two triple-doubles in this series. In the game 5, he had 8 points, 12 rebounds and 11 assists. He's been their facilitator. He's been leading them in assists in this series as well. So yeah, KD going down is a bit of a sticky one still for the Warriors because if Houston managed to win tonight, I don't want to make a prediction and say they'll beat the Warriors at Oracle in Game 7, but it'll be a more interesting contest without him. I feel like um, the Rockets will have the bit between their teeth. James Harden, he started to step up recently as well. In the Game 5 loss, he did drop 31 points on 62% shooting. Uh, he did shoot 3 for 9 from 3 though. PJ Tucker as well. Like A lot of players in this postseason have had poor performances. Like I did make a list on my Twitter account where I named several players who I felt that have criminally underperformed this season playoffs. Um, it did get a bit of stickers or some people did comment saying that <laughs> it was a trash list and that. But at the end of the day, it was my opinion. So my list for the players that have criminally underperformed, Kyrie Irving... Gordon Hayward, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, JJ Reddick, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, and Steph Curry also got honourable mention up until Game 5. So yeah, a couple of these players, they did have breakout games. Like I know Joel Embiid in Game 3, he had a breakout game, 33 points, 13 rebounds. But he has had some games where he's been very, very poor in this series. Especially that Game 5 in Toronto when Philly got blown out of the building, blown out of the country, <laughs> an entire country. So yeah, um, that was a poor performance by them. But um, that was just my list of players that have underperformed. Everyone else, I don't. I feel like they've failed to step up to the plate. But the quality they have, they have not replicated that in the postseason. Hence why I made that list. So yeah, um, game six, Warriors Rockets in Houston. I do expect the Rockets to bounce back with a victory. James Harden, uh, he's been performing better recently. So that game four in Houston, when they did win, he did drop thirty eight points and ten rebounds. So he he done his thing that game. Yeah, I can't lie though, Kevin Durant's injury, you never wish injury upon a player, but this injury, yeah, the knock-on effects are huge, because you think about it like this, let's say, just say, for example, KD doesn't return, the average time out for a calf strain, yeah, a grade 2 calf strain is 46 weeks, so that means, yeah, he'll what, he'll be fit for like what, game 6 of the NBA Finals, if that, if that, even if Golden State make it that far, so, let's just say, for example, he's out for the rest of the postseason, yeah, and the Warriors don't free Pete. This could have knock-on effects on who goes where in the in the in free agency. So your Kawhi Leonard's, even KD as well. Because I'm guessing if they don't free Pete, he might want to stay because he has unfinished business. This also has knock-on effect on maybe players 
um, declining or accepting their player options. We all know guys like Jimmy Butler has a player option. Um, Clay Thompson's player option. This has huge effects, especially if the Rockets go on and win a championship or maybe even the Bucks or out of Toronto and Philly who are in the conference semifinals. Like, like it's all up for grabs right now if KD's not, not back. I feel like it doesn't level the playing field because the Golden State Warriors, they still won 73 games <laughs> without KD in the regular season. So they're still, they'll probably still be the favourites. It'll just be that teams will be motivated more to try and um, dethrone them in a way. That's what I feel anyway. So that has huge knock-on effects on the rest of the league. Also where Kyrie Irving goes as well because there's been reports that him and KD are going to the Knicks and whatnot. So yeah, um... Moving on, though, so another series out west, the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. Can I just say, though, Nikola Jokic, yeah, as nephew once called him on the pod recently, white chocolate. That is white chocolate. What a guy he's been this postseason. Leads the playoffs in triple-doubles. He's had monster games. At first, I didn't think he'll be cut out for playoff basketball, you know, because obviously... Not everyone can live up to the intensity that the playoffs bring. So, yeah, he stepped up to the plate. Game three of this season was crazy because he went to quadruple overtime. I said Jokic played 65 minutes, fam. 33 points, 18 rebounds, 14 assists. That's crazy. But, yeah, the Trailblazers did win that game three. CJ McCollum dropped 41 points. Damian Lillard dropping 28. NS Kanta with a double-double, 18 points, 15 boards. The Denver Nuggets did go on to win the following two games, so game four and game five to, to go up 3-2. But Damian Lillard and them man said, nah, they ain't going home yet. Game six last night, they went on and won in Portland, 119 to 108. CJ McCollum, 30 points. Damian Lillard, 32 points. I do feel like if they can continue to combine for what, uh, 55 points around that, around that number, I feel like the Trailblazers will go through. But, the Denver Nuggets, I feel like they still have a lot to say. This Game 7 is going to be in Denver. We all know the home court advantage they have given the high altitude. Obviously, the favourites will be the Nuggets, but I'm not I'm not right enough the Trailblazers just yet, man. I, I still feel like Damian Lillard, one of the most clutch players that we have in the league, um, he's proven that already in, the, in Round 1. I still feel like he'll have a lot to say in this series. So, th yeah, that Game 7 is on the same day as the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors Game 7 as we move out east. So, yeah, um, of late, the Philadelphia 76ers, they've been criticised in the media. A lot of people have been getting onto them. Obviously, with Joel Embiid's health issues, the fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot, the fact that JJ Redick and Tobias Harris wasn't make it, weren't making their shots. I feel like after that Game 3, where we had a monster game, we blew them out of the building. They thought that the series was won. We, went to, we then went on to lose the next two games and go down 3-2, especially that game five, where we got blown out of the whole country, we got blown out of Canada, <laughs> the Raptors 125 to 89, Kawhi Leonard dropped 21 points as well, like he didn't have these monster games that he usually has been having this postseason, what hampered us was the fact that they tried to double him, but the fact that the bench produced for the Raptors, and they had players like Danny Green, yeah, who was, who was a serial knockdown shooter, who failed to show that in this postseason. He started making these shots. So, obviously, Danny Green, he had 17 points. He shot 5 for 7 from 3. Pascal Siakam gave them production, 25 points, 8 rebounds. Even Kyle Lowry gave them production in that game 5. He had 19 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. So, yeah, the fact that we decided to double Kawhi, it just led them to, it just led the rest of the starters to step up and contribute more. 
Hence why they all ended up having double-digit points. So, yeah, game six, which was last night. The Sixers, they bounced back in Philadelphia. They win in 112 to 101. Jimmy Butler, we don't deserve it, man. Jimmy Butler, yeah. He, we need, he needs to stay, man. He's the, been the only person that stepped up this entire postseason. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. Hopefully he does accept his player option because we need players like that in the side, man. Tobias Harris, he made his shots. 16 points, 9 rebounds. Joel Embiid, off night for him offensively. Defensively, he was, he was monstrous, fam. 17 points, 12 rebounds. He did have 2 blocks as well. But on the court, yeah, I don't really look into plus-minus because I don't feel like it's a reliable metric. But his plus-minus was plus-40. So when he was on the court, we were plus-40. If that ain't a huge impact, then I don't know what is. So, yeah, um, obviously he had them two blocks on Kawhi Leonard as well, who still dropped 29 points and 12 rebounds, though. Pascal Siakam gave them production as well, as he's been doing so in these in this series, apart from Game 2 where he had an off night. He dropped 21 points, six rebounds. Um, the bench, though, that's the that's what's been hampering the Raptors. The bench combined for what 15 points, fam. So that's poor. Fred Van Vliet, he has had a shocking series, fam. A man dropped one point, <laughs> two rebounds, three assists in 15 minutes. <laughs> that is that's pathetic, fam. So yeah, obviously that's going to crucial game seven on sunday night so that's two game sevens we have right now possibly a third if the rockets do win tonight so yeah that sunday that's gonna that's gonna say a lot for what's gonna go down in the conference finals the bucks they're resting right now they just wiped the floor with, with the boston celtics they won 4-1 after losing that game one they went on to win four straight Giannis just went on to do Giannis like things in that elimination game, he had 39.16 rebounds, shot 15 for 22 from the field, anyway, two three-pointers out of five attempts. Crazy. Um, Boston Celtics, Kyrie, he's a goner, fam. There's no way he's staying, but he's had a shocking postseason. Not even postseason, he's had a shocking series. After that game one dub, yeah, against the Bucks in Milwaukee, he just fell off the grid. Game two, nine points, shot 22% from the field, 20% from three. Game three, 29 points, shot 36% from the field, 25% from three. And he shot eight for 22 in game three. Game four, 23 points, 31% from the field, 14% from three. And he shot six for 21. Elimination game, yeah, where you expect your clutch players to step up because you're about to get sent home. Man had 15 points. 28% field goal percentage and shot 14% from three. So he's just had a woeful, woeful series. And I just feel sorry for the Celtics because this team went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, yeah, without him. He's coming this year and I feel like he's just... I don't care how much Marcus Smart wants to say like it's rubbish that he's affected the team chemistry. He definitely affected the team chemistry, man. And you had guys like Terry Rozier coming out saying that he had to sacrifice the most. No one sacrificed more than him. And I can't lie. Last year, that's where he developed the name Scary Terry, fam. This year, he's just been Terrence, fam. So, yeah, man. All, this, all these things has just affected the Boston Celtics. But they're getting home. They have a big decision to make whether to offer Kyrie that five-year, $190 million contract. 
or whether they will try to get rid of him. A lot of people are saying they should sign and trade him. We'll just have to wait and see what happens in the off-season. So, yeah, the Boston Celtics at home, Milwaukee Bucks are through to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since they had, like, Oscar Robertson and them, man, like, 1974. So, big up them, big up Yanis. They'll be a force to be reckoned with come the Eastern Conference Finals. This Sunday is due to be a crucial, crucial day in the postseason. So obviously, as I said before, you've got the Raptors, Sixers, Game 7, and then you've got the Nuggets and Trailblazers, Game 7. I can't lie, the way it's looking, obviously, for the Raptors, Sixers, um, Game 7, Raptors will be favourites, of course, because they have the home court advantage, and also they have the best player in this series, and a player who put everyone on notice that, y'all forgot, Kawhi Leonard, he stepped up, he's shown that he is a top, free play in this league when healthy i mean he's averaging like what 35 points in this series i can't lie he's, he's had a shooting slump of late from the perimeter because in the last two games so game five and game six he shot all for eight from the field from three point range so i expect him to bounce back though because that's what great players do other than that though he's just shown time and time again i mean his shot mechanic is so smooth, like. For a player who, when he first came into the league, yeah, had a broken jump shot, yeah. The way he's turned around, obviously with the help of Popovich as well, but that is a quality two-way player, fam. Possibly one of the best two-way players we have in the game right now. So, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, that's the guy that we have to nullify as a 76er fan if we want to progress into the Eastern Conference Finals. They just have to hope and pray that he keeps shooting Alpha from free. I doubt that will happen because, like I said, he's a great player. He will bounce back. But it is going to be a tough challenge. Obviously, you've got Jake sitting courtside as well. He used to be chatting rubbish as well. He did get onto Joel Embiid in that Game 5 when he, um, he mocked him in the airplane. But Embiid told him he'll be back. And he is back, so he, he he backed up his talk. Let's just hope that they're back with a bang and a good performance that will send them through to the Eastern Conference Finals. One thing I've been hearing, though, I was watching First Take and Max Kellerman was talking about how, well, he sources around him reporting that Jimmy Butler's due to decline his player option and that he's out of there, apparently. Hopefully that is not true, but um, I can't see why he'll want to leave. He's been getting shown love in Philly as well. Like, they don't call it the city of brotherly love for no reason. Like, he's been getting shown love. Obviously, he seems to get on well with Embiid. Like, I've watched their post-game press conferences. Like, them man look like they have chemistry. Like, it's not that fake friendship. Like, they genuinely look like they're boys. So, hopefully, that relationship can continue and Embiid can convince him to re-sign in Philly. He's definitely a max guy, though. Before they'll talk about how he doesn't deserve a max contract, fam. He's put that conversation to bed in this in this playoffs, fam. He that's definitely a max max guy. Another thing that they've been criticizing Philly for in the media: the fact that Simmons and MB they can't play together. This, this, that. They should trade one of them. Like after every game, some someone has to get traded, fam. Like according to these man, anyway. Like I don't believe that nonsense, fam. I do believe that. Where they're talented enough to figure it out, man. Like, as MB said in his press conference after game four, I believe, chemistry's overrated, fam. When you've got five guys, yeah, who are averaging 17 points per game plus in a regular season, they're definitely going to figure it out, fam. There's no way that they can't. They're too talented for that. I hope that no one, they don't cave into the nonsense and trade one of them. But I do feel like they can win a championship, fam. They're talented enough, man. They've got it. And obviously, barring injury as well. The final game, which I believe will go to Game 7, Rockets and Warriors, is going to be a tight one, man. It all depends on whether Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker and Denman can step up, and of course, James Harden. 
CP3 needs to step up as well because he's been poor in this series as well, man. That's the guy that they kept saying if he wasn't hurt, they would have won against the Warriors, this, this, and that, fam. That is definitely not the case for a man that shot 3 for 14, yeah, in, in Game 5, fam. I feel like that Game 5 was for the taking, especially when after KD went down. Obviously, there was a bit of controversy where in during the final plays of the game when Clay clearly stepped out of bounds when he was trying to um, recover the ball. But um, that's not what you need to be looking for if you want to win the game, fam. You can't be relying on decisions like that because you all know the referees are have shown incompetency during this postseason and during the regular season as well anyway. So, yeah, if that does go seven games, I actually see the Rockets winning. I feel like the Rockets will win if, given what I said, all these guys step up. They have to step up to the plate. And obviously, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson need to step up as well, like they did in Game 5, because they've been poor recently. Like, they've been so on and off, especially Steph Curry, man. He's failed to make his shots. He's still shooting it, though. Obviously, shoot is shoot, fam. Like, that's that's the greatest shooter of all time, fam. Of course, he's going to keep shooting, fam. It's the momentum. So, yeah, um, that's it for the NBA segment right now. We will be back to cover the conference finals when they do happen, which will be next week. Obviously, the Bucks are already there, so it's out of the Warriors, Rockets, Trailblazers, Nuggets, and 76ers, Raptors, to see who will join them in, in the conference finals. This is Clutch Pod. I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and also on our streaming services on Spotify, SoundCloud, and on iTunes podcasts. It's all Clutch. If you're still listening to this point, much love. Big up everyone, big up all the supporters.